Hey everybody, you're listening to Showing Up with Edward Terrace, and today I want to talk to you about how I fell in love. I don't know if I ever shared this story with all of you, but the reason I wanted to bring it up is because I had one of the biggest life changes possible last week, which uh, if you listen to the show on a regular basis, uh, Wednesdays over the past year, year and a half, haven't missed a show. I missed a show last week, my friends. I'm so sorry. But I went on this annual camping trip with my girlfriend that she has every year with her family. And I proposed to her to marry me. And uh, I was really stressed out. It's something I've been planning for six months. And I kind of want to talk to you about the time we met, how we met, how I fell in love with her, how we stayed in love, and how I got to the point to where I knew that she was the one for me. Because whenever I'm talking to you about things that I'm going through, things that I'm working on, a relationship, whether it be for your significant other and you, or you and a friend, if it's something that's long-term and you want it in your life forever, It's something that you're going to have to work on forever. You don't get better by not doing something. And I know I've had a previous podcast where actually for our anniversary, uh, Megan and I talked about our relationship. And some of the things I'm going to talk to you about today are things that I may have gone over. But in the most appreciated space by myself, while Megan is probably on the porch right now, um, I can talk to you about how I see certain things with without her influence, not a negative influence, but just, you know, it's uh, even though I record podcasts and I enjoy speaking, I, I do get nervous about sharing things, especially about somebody who I'm talking about. And seven years ago, just just about seven years ago, I went home to be there for the summer just get some work done and a buddy introduced me to Megan and when I first met her I was not head over heels I don't think either of us were head over heels it was a really awkward experience and it was a relationship that had been built very very slowly a lot of times people will meet others and They'll be head over heels, and it's just instant, maybe in a couple months or a year, boom, they propose, they get married, and some people last in that relationship for a very long time, and then there's the other situation where it doesn't. The head over heels part, that was not how it happened with us, and when I first started dating her, I didn't really think that it was going to go anywhere. I was just there for the summer. I was just visiting. And from prior history, it wouldn't be very long that I would actually date somebody. I mean, maybe it'd be a couple months, maybe four months max. And I would always like stay at my dad's house or my mom's house, like going back from school to school or colleges. Um, So it just was never an intention. But I feel like the reason that our relationship started off really well is because it was built slowly and we started with 
I don't want to say structure, but with foundation of what a relationship needs. You know, just like when you compare motivation to discipline, motivation is something that's faulty. That can go away. Discipline, something that you work on, can be there even on the days that you don't want to be doing it. A lot of times that's what a relationship can be is there's not there's days that Megan doesn't like me. There's days I don't like her, but we still love each other and we're still 100% committed even if I'm being an asshole that day. You know, she's still there for me. And we built a relationship on like learning about each other's goals, desires, the paths that we wanted to take in our lives. Because if you're getting into a relationship based on passion, and I'm not saying we didn't we didn't or we don't have passion, but if it that's the sole reason, just like if motivation goes away and the passion in the relationship similarly to that is gone, more than likely the relationship is gonna be gone as well. And I feel so fortunate that that was the experience I had. And the biggest differences that I found is that those relationships that I told you about three, four months, maybe a max of six, I'm not too sure. Those were a lot of times where it was just the passion was immediate, but it wasn't something that was actually going to sustain. We didn't have the same goals. Um, Passion can have very many different definitions, especially in relationships. So there was a lot of links that were missing and over you know the past seven years we've had our struggles and immediately at the beginning of our relationship I think about a week after I first met her I had herniated a disc in my lumbar and through that time when the doctors were telling me um, you know, the effects of people who have that, those problems with their back and everybody has their own ranges of effects with that type of back injury. Um, what could or could not happen in regards to me pursuing uh, wrestling, something as you guys know that I love very, very much during that point in time in my life and very much a safe haven for me. She was there with me through all of it. And... A lot of times you'll hear where people will say, we seek out partners that subconsciously remind us of whether it be our fathers, our mothers, and that's a big reason about why we have certain people in our lives for certain things. I don't go to Megan for the same things that I go for maybe some of my other my, my other buddies and I don't go to her the things I would go to them for. She takes care of me. She loves me when I'm going through a hard time, physically, emotionally, she is there. And she wasn't a person that said a whole lot, nor did she need to. She was the person that was there for me, regardless of anything going on. And that was a big reason about why she was the one. Let's fast forward maybe three or four years later. We move in together and probably on the on the podcast where I talked, we talked together, her and I, 
um, about the troubles that we faced when we lived with one another. We had to make a lot of adjustments. We had to learn about the way that each other lived. And most importantly for me, my ego had to go to the side. And there's this phrase that you often hear. It's, do you want to be right or do you want to be happy? Too often, I feel like people don't actually, they don't actually describe what that means or why you want to take that approach when you're having a confrontation. It's almost like, you know, when someone's like, oh, this is the way you do a math problem, but this is why you do it this way. The why is so crucial. And the reason for that, the reason it is so important is because when you get in confrontations, it can be about the smallest of things. And those smallest of things that build up time after time can be the things that you no longer understand why you have confrontations with the person that you're supposed to love for the rest of your life is because you didn't handle them in the way that they needed to be handled. You didn't get them out on the table. You did not eradicate them uh, by making yourself uncomfortable and getting rid of, rid of your ego. And that was the biggest thing for me was this wasn't about right or wrong, but more importantly, it was we're not marking tallies. I had to have it in my mind that this wasn't an emotional thing. This was a simple, in this situation, what was right, what was wrong, what's going to solve the problem. If me making sure that my ego is intact goes against solving this problem, that doesn't need to be a part of the equation. And I can't be waiting to give an answer to something that she said to be right, to get that tally. Because um, the sooner you just lay down your arms, the sooner that your partner will too. And a lot of times we don't think that we're being defensive, but we are. And more so, I'm just talking about myself in this situation. And when we, we're not perfect at it, I'm not perfect at it, but the closer that I've gotten to it, closer that we've gotten better at being a team and that was kind of the next step where we became a team in everything that we did we are we're in sync with a lot of things that we do and not only understanding that aspect but also the side where just because you live together now doesn't mean that you're with each other 100% of the time, nor is her life or your life not an individual thing anymore. Yes, you have your own lives that you live together, but just as if you had children, they're going to have their own lives and so will you. And one, you need to be able to support that. And if you don't, that person will show and have resentment for you for years to come. And like I said, that will be another one of those things that causes you to hate that individual and you don't even know why. And that's something we've talked about very openly. Six months ago, I had a competition. My last competition, or my most recent one, uh, Alex Simarusti, thank you so much for fighting me on that day. Um, that was a guy that I fought at 185 pounds at a Muay Thai fight for, uh, I think it's WMO, the World Muay Thai Organization. And 
she was there for me at that fight just like she was there for me seven years ago when I was fighting through some emotional stuff that I was dealing with. Monday comes, and I'm at fight camp helping one of my buddies get ready. And I knew in that moment I was just hitting the pads or I was hitting somebody, and I was like, oh, my God, I'm ready. I just, in that moment, I knew that the time was right. I couldn't explain it. But I'm assuming that the the buildup of years of consistency of, of her being there for me in any endeavor that I want to do, regardless if she was like directly involved with it. Of course, with any event, your significant other is always dealing with byproducts of competing, the stress of work, cutting weight. Anything that you do in your life, they will be involved. They will be supporting you. But if it's directly something that you're going to do, and that was just another thing that she was still there for me at the end of the day. And it took seven years, but it just eventually it clicked. And I think that when you do anything in your life for a certain amount of time, eventually when you work on it for so long, Even if it wasn't something like at the beginning, there wasn't overwhelming passion, but you just worked on it. It's something that becomes something that's so beautiful. And I couldn't, and you get to the point where you couldn't imagine your life without it. And for me, that's Megan. And that's really the, the mindset and the perspective that I have with this. So the, the rest of this podcast will be more so kind of just the story. I love telling stories because it gives me, uh, I don't know, I just I enjoy it so much and I feel like people get good things out of stories. So if you're not in for a good story and you're just here for the perspective, that part of the podcast is over, my friends. But this is really the story about how I proposed to her because I feel like it should be a great cherry on top of everything that I shared with you. And... I feel like even though I don't know who listens to this podcast, every time I see the number amount of people who listen to it, I'm like, "Ah, I've got to share the perspectives that I've had as I've grown through this past week. And because I think, you know, whether you it's only been a week, if you haven't grown, then you've had challenges that you needed to overcome. There's always something either that you overcame or that you need to work on. And both perspectives, I feel like I I should and can give something to you guys. Um... So seven years ago, I after a month of us spending time together, it eventually became something that was like, yeah, I really, really like and quite possibly love this girl. Uh, I took her to the top of a lighthouse in my hometown. And at this point in time, that's when I had the herniated disc. So I carried this table to the top of the, light, the lighthouse, got all dressed up. At this point in time, I had to have one shoe on because my whole body was con- configured. It was just like, I, it, it balanced me out. That, that I'm just going to say that. She met me at the lighthouse, and I think I was on top of it when she got there, and I was waving, and I, I waved her in, and we had lunch there. My sister helped me make, prepared some food for me. And she had a beautiful blue dress on. She still has it to this day in her closet. And 
I sat up there and I said the real reason I wanted to ask you to be here today is because I wanted to ask you if you wanted to be my girlfriend. <laughs> and she smiled and she said yes. And so it's kind of, you know, it's like a mini proposal for her to, you know, for us to be in a relationship together. So it was a very, very official way of going about it. And two years into our relationship, I madly in love. I knew at some point I was like, you know, I want to marry her, but it's just for right now, it doesn't feel like the time is right. And I always told her soon. I would just randomly tell her, hey, you know, soon. She always asked me what soon mean, but I was just kind of like hinting and, you know, remind myself that I'd want to marry her someday. And uh, so it was just kind of like an inside joke that her and I had whenever I would tell her soon. And uh, last week, I, we were leaving for that, for that camping trip. And I told her that I wanted to meet my buddy Cody because he was going to be at the park near that same lighthouse that I asked her to be my girlfriend seven years ago. And I was like, oh, well, he's going to be in like this gray Chevy or whatever parked over here. And so I started driving over and she's like, oh, my goodness, it's the lighthouse that we, uh, you know, we we did the thing at. And I was like, yeah, it's where we did the thing or something like that. I said, do you want to go take a picture by it? And she's like, sure. So we go park over there. My buddy Cody and my buddy Caleb, good friends from high school uh, and still to this day, they were there on their bikes. They walked there and they were going to be there to take the pictures and the videos for us. And we walked up there. The gate was actually locked because of the coronavirus. So I'm like busting this door open. And she was like, oh, we don't have to go in there. And I'm like, oh, we're going in there. So we're looking at the lighthouse and eventually we're talking and there's this break of space. I see my buddy Cody behind me. He's like posted up perfectly, really, really close to get this video. And I said to her, I said, do you remember when you said yes to me seven years ago here? And she was like, yeah, I do remember, blah, blah, blah. And once there was a moment for me, that's when I got the ring out of my pocket. And I said, would you say it again? And I got on my knee and opened it up. And she took a step back. And of course, she was in awe. She cried. And she was like, really? Are you sure? <laughs> Something like that. I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm positive. And uh, so she gave me a hug. I kissed her, put the ring on her finger. And uh, we just had a beautiful moment. And I told her about all the things that I wanted to talk to her about for so long all of the secrets that I wanted to share with her because she was my best friend and uh, you know working on a relationship over the past seven years um, something I'm so happy that we've we've done and we're gonna have to look work on it for years to come and one of my friends Jenny Volker well Jennifer Trapp now because she got married um, not that's a bad that's not a bad thing but i'm just so used to calling her one thing her dad told me at, at her wedding she said he said that you know your marriage your relationship is something that you're always going to have to work on because through your lives together and his wife's name is Joni. you know Joni isn't the same woman that she was years ago interests passions things that they want to do there there's things that are similar but they do change a little bit over time and I'm paraphrasing what he said so he's like it's always something you know you're gonna have to work on and 
that's a mindset that I want to take into this and just really enjoy this time and really milk the time out that I'm going to call her my fiance because uh, it's kind of a cool experience where we leveled up. But that's the experience that I wanted to share with you guys today. I really appreciate you uh, coming here. And like I said in prior episodes, I am really trying to take that digital diet where I'm not on social media as much. So whether it be the Instagram or my YouTube channel, you know, it's not really something I'm going to be doing too often. But once in a while where I feel passionate, I feel like there's something I can share, um, I'm going to share it with you guys. So in in the next coming weeks or whatever, uh, the YouTube channel, uh, I have an actual video series and the final video of when I proposed to her. Um, I'm going to be putting a mashup of my whole plan of how it went down. So if you guys, if you love that stuff, I don't want to be, I'm going to be putting it together, uh, as we go. So I think it's just Edward Terrace. Um, you can search my name on there on YouTube, but, uh, you guys can get some enjoyment out of that. Hope you got something out of this podcast and I'll see you guys in the next episode.